You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can find All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think up that happiest thought and let's fly away to Neverland with me, your head lost boy, Jeremy, also known as the Spider Pan. I've got rain outside and a cat crying outside the door, but it's the show's got to go on, I suppose. So we'll just keep moving with all the crazy stuff happening on around my studio. It's just been really kind of a weird, I guess it's been that kind of week. It's been my first week back at university, and so I've been really busy this week, and I'm trying to get back into the groove of things. It is my final semester at the University of Central Missouri, which means I have a lot more work to do. I'm going to be working a few more uh, football games and things like that in one of my classes, so I'm going to be very, very busy this semester. Uh, But I'm getting back into the swing of things. I've learned a lot of new things at the Radio Talent Institute, uh, it was part part of the Missouri Broadcasters Association. If you are on our Facebook page, if you've liked it, you did see I, I live-streamed from my laptop there while I was away and talked about some of the things I had learned and everything. It's still available if you want to go and check that out. But, of course, we're not here necessarily to talk about that, although I'm going to bring it up because it's going to make some changes around here. Basically, though, today we're just going to have some fun like we usually do. We're going to get together, have a good time. Uh, We're going to listen to uh, some story time with the Hulk. I don't even think that I've ever listened to this audio that I've got before. (laughs) I don't know, but uh, we've got some audio from the Hulk. We're also going to go and sit in with a classic version of Fantasmic from Disneyland that I think was recorded back in 2015 with Lost Boy Jesse. Uh, So we've got a lot of fun things coming up to do. Uh, And of course, we do have some news. We're going to finally get around to that movie review of Christopher Robin, which I meant to do last week. I mean, that movie's kind of, it's been out for a couple weeks by now. Uh, we've also got some animation to talk about, some video game news to talk about. Well, not necessarily news. It's more of a trailer thing. Uh, but there's lots of things to go through today, so we're going to just dive right in. But some of the things I want to talk to you about with some changes is uh, I have learned that it's good to put a, a human face onto the show. And uh, my way of doing that is really to make sure that you are included in the show. Because uh, I want to give you a little bit of background on me. I mean, I don't think with, that we here at the Neverland Podcast, uh, I don't feel like I'm a typical podcast for that's going to do Disney. I mean, there's a bazillion other Disney shows out there. So what makes us unique stand out? 
And one of the things I think that makes me stand out is, you know, I am not one of those people who's been to the parks a lot. Eric has, uh, but I'm not. I, you know, I always dreamed of going to the parks. It was one of my, you know, big things I really wanted to do is go to one of the Disney parks. Uh, but I grew up, you know, kind of poor. You know, we, we weren't like dirt poor. You know, we're, we're not like the uh, the Beverly Hillbillies before the, the struck gold, right? You know, I got the oil. So, you know, but, you know, I've had Christmases where I got, you know, hand-me-down toys that were clearly from a thrift store or a garage sale or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I've had Christmases where we didn't get new things. Uh, so, I mean, I've I've been on the bottom end of some things, but not, you know, I could, I could have had it a lot worse. So I'm still thankful that I did have something. Uh, but, you know, my parents couldn't afford for us to go to a Disney park. Uh, my senior year in high school... My parents really wanted me to go, be able to go on a senior trip with them, you know. And, of course, I really wanted to go to Walt Disney World, which, of course, was not possible for us. And so we went to Six Flags, which was cool because that was uh, about the time that they opened that Batman roller coaster in St. Louis. And they had a Batmobile out there in front and everything. So, But I, I didn't get that Disney trip in until I was in my 30s. But I was always a Disney fan. We had the Disney Channel, and I think I've mentioned this before, back when you had to pay for the Disney Channel, and they would show the Mickey Mouse cartoons, and they had Donald Duck Presents, and they showed classic Donald Duck, and they showed these old movies, and they would even show the old Mickey Mouse Club, which I didn't watch. I wish I now I would have, but, you know, it was... When you're young, sometimes you don't think that anything in black and white is worth watching. <laughs> and a lot of black and white show and stuff are, you know, old stuff. You, you don't think of it as being worth watching. But, uh, well, how wrong I've become. And uh, you learn stuff when you get older. But, you know, I was able to watch the television. or I loved watching the movies. I mean, we'd rent Lady and the Tramp and I'd watch it three times while we had it. Uh, you know, things like that. The movies were always the big thing. And I remember my mom was really big into the Flight of the Navigator. And I think we saw that in the theater about three times. And so I think that's the, the perspective that uh, I come from, is I you know the movie studios, you know, and and the television things. Of course, I don't always pay attention to the Disney Channel lately because you know, I don't think it's as good as it used to be. Well, at least it hasn't appealed to me as much. But that's the angle that I come from. Is I'm just a fan of things and I like being entertained. And definitely, there's people who can make the argument that right now it seems Disney is like every other studio focused on franchises and reboots and sequels and doing the safe bet instead of trying new things. And I don't know that that's exactly how Walt Disney himself would have done things because he did try new things and he nearly break the bank, you know, trying to create new things. So you could have that criticism, but. You know, at the same time, when they are kind of just rebooting and doing sequels, they are still consistently through uh, Marvel Studios and Star Wars. You know, well, you know, I guess people could argue the Star Wars, they haven't made good things. There's people not liking that, some things. That's okay. You know, but overall, with like Marvel Studios and even what Disney's putting out, you know, there's there's some good quality stuff that is still very entertaining. And they're not winning Oscars for anything, well, until maybe this popular movie Oscar comes out this year. But, you know, they're not necessarily getting the big Oscars other than, like, effects and music and things like that. Uh, but we're still entertained and we're still going to these movies. So, you know, if we want to complain about it, it's also shame on us because we're still paying the money to go. Uh, but, you know, I'll pay the money to go as long as I'm being entertained with it and I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm kind of flexible, I guess, that way. 
but I mean, that's the perspective that I come from. And maybe you are the same as me. Maybe you don't get to go uh, as to the parks as often as you would like. Or maybe you've never been at all. Or you've only been one time like I have. Or maybe, you know, maybe you do get to go often. And if you do get to go often, I'd love to be able to hear from you about some of your favorite things to do while you're there. Uh, favorite resort? Do you have a favorite dining experience? Uh, or if you are somebody like me who doesn't get to go, uh, maybe we could construct a fantasy of what we would want to do on our next trip. You know, plan some resort stays or or what we'd want to do. Where, where we'd want to eat. That sort of a thing, you know? Uh, I think we can come more a community, you and I. Uh, you know, to share stuff of what we'd like to do or we have done at the parks or what we're excited about, of course, with um, upcoming movies. Uh, I mean, here this week we did get a, a little bit of a peek at Mulan, at least the actress playing Mulan in costume, uh, which looks pretty cool. I we don't get to see a whole lot, just her in a costume. It's a very cool, you know, she's in a pose. She's a very lovely actress, and I'm still excited to see what's coming of this. Uh, Mulan, I guess, is now shooting. So, you know, that's one of those things. Yes, they're rebooting, and they're bringing back something that, you know, we, we enjoyed the animated Mulan, and so now we get a live-action Mulan, and you could say that's not very creative, but, you know, I, if they make a good movie, we're still going to go, you know. That's the way we are. Uh, so we've had that type of things coming around. But this is the type of things I want to be able to talk with you all about. And and I, you are officially invited to the show. Send us an email, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Find a way to get a hold of me. I'm not that hard to find. We have a, a group on Facebook, and we have a fan page. And you can comment on there, uh, talk about some of your favorite things. I'm trying to ask more questions on there. Uh, to find out where, you know, what you like about different things, what you'd like to be able to talk about, and I'm going to share that type of thing on the show. But if you have a great trip experience, I want to have you come on. I even talked to a guy I go to school with who had a trip over the summer, and I said, well, hey, you have to come and tell everybody about it. Of course, we're still trying to hear all of Eric's trip stories, but uh, <laughs> I'm starting to miss him around here. We haven't had him on the show a long time. He's actually... This weekend went down to Florida because he can fly down there and he's visiting, I think, Disney Springs and some other things down there. You know, not getting tickets into the park, but there's a lot of things you can do down there uh, without actually visiting the park. And so he's taking full advantage of working at an airline. Uh, so there's a lot of different things, you know, going on and a lot of things that we can talk about. And uh, I want to give you a little bit of a sample of that. So, for instance, this week, I got onto Facebook and I asked everybody to tell me about one of their favorite dining experiences on Disney property. And I actually got some response. One of them, of course, was from Pixie Amy, as we call her Kitten Marie. We actually just joined the ranks last week, and she actually sent me a little message and introducing herself and saying, oh, hi. Uh, apparently, she works with Jeff Revere, who was on last week talking about the Disney-inspired. Uh, they have a Facebook page. I think they've got a full website out, so go check that out as well. But uh, she was saying hello and everything, and she's been listening for a long time, so it was nice to hear that. So you know what? If you all find me on Facebook or if you want to send it by email, I love hearing stuff like that, that you've been enjoying the show and enjoying our time together. I love hearing that. But, okay, so she actually sent a reply to that and said... Ohana is my favorite dining experience, probably more so because you can see the fireworks from the restaurant and the food is fantastic. Now, I I think I've heard of this. Isn't this family? So I would call this a family dining experience then. Uh, so 
my guess would be I, I I could look this up. You know, I did find that website that has food. I can look into this and see what kind of food is there. But I'm wondering if it's like Polynesian style foods. You know, I, I don't know what all type of stuff that would entail, but I'm kind of wondering what the food's like at, at Ohana. And that's one of the things we can explore together, you know. But she said the food is fantastic. But, you know, this might inspire you on your next trip to go and visit Ohana, especially apparently during the fireworks. So, uh, Ohana, I guess, must be in Magic Kingdom if, for the fireworks. I mean, I suppose it could be over at Epcot because they do have a show. I've heard that Illuminations is possibly going to go away after a while not necessarily soon but eventually they might not have illuminations because some of the uh, equipment uh, it is aging it does happen and you can't always repair everything uh, so but yeah that'll be something I can look into and maybe we can talk about sometime okay so I've also got another response though uh, this is from John and I've known John for um, let's say about 20 years <laughs> Uh, but he said, I think it was the Sun Angel. Uh, he was talking about a restaurant name that I, I couldn't quite pronounce, but uh, I guess it's in part of the inn. Uh, but he says, I don't remember the name of the food I had, but it was three flower taco kind of things. I enjoyed the Mexican atmosphere. I like Mexican food anyways, but it was nice trying something different because even though they were like tacos, they spice it up something you couldn't get at most places near home. Uh, so, see, that's fun. I, I like hearing about your dining experiences out there. So, but, yeah, we got a couple of responses. And if you haven't joined the Facebook page, uh, of course, you can always follow on Twitter. I need to get more out there on Twitter. I think I got a lot, a lot more people following on Twitter than we have on Facebook. But I want to be able to ask these type of questions and hear from you all what you've enjoyed. Uh, but I do want to share a quick thing here. Uh, one of the dining experiences I remember, and this actually ties into something I was looking at this week. Uh, but I actually remember eating at a place it was called uh, it was Hollywood and Vine. And I had to go and look this up um, in the Disney Parks uh, area, the, the thing for Walt Disney World. But this uh, was in the Disney Hollywood Studios. And I remember it was a buffet. And there were characters running around. And uh, there were characters... From some series I don't think I'd ever watched. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was like Little Einsteins or something. I think we're wandering around uh, as we were eating. And the food wasn't bad. I don't know that when we were there we ate it anywhere that the food was necessarily that impressive. Other than at the actual resort that we stayed at. The apples were delicious. And I would, when we got back to the resort after a day, I'd get an apple and some milk. And uh, that was good. I was, I was ready to sleep after I was getting a little something in my stomach. But how I recognized that this is a place that I'd eaten is there was a photo. And I found this photo because of a thing on the Disney Parks blog that talked about this Disney Kids Play and Dine, uh, which talks about a breakfast you can do that opens at 8 a.m. over at the Hollywood and Vine. And that's where you can meet Sophia the First and Doc McStuffins, Roadster Racer Goofy, and Jake from the Neverland Pirates. And they serve like little Mickey waffles and some eggs and bacon. And uh, they even had a video up on YouTube that shows how the kids really enjoying that type of food. And so this is like a character experience and it's sort of a buffet. Uh, and they even mentioned an ice cream sundae bar. And of course, there's frittatas, omelets, fruit. I mean, there's all kinds of different things. Uh, so that's a place I remember that I ate. Uh, I don't think we went there for breakfast. I think we were there for lunch. But I do remember a lot of Disney Junior characters running around. So maybe we were actually there for breakfast and I just <laughs> I don't remember everything. Uh, I, I didn't plan the trip. So, I, you know, half of the time I didn't know where we were eating. Uh, I remember we ate in an Old West style thing somewhere in Frontierland that had some kind of down-home food like some green beans, mashed potatoes, and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't remember in the Animal Kingdom if we ate there while we were there because we split that day between there and Epcot. But 
you know, that's one of these things. It's been nearly 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> it's one of these things. Maybe I'll, I'll remember where we ate and be able to talk about some of these things. But, you know, this is, like I said, going forward, some things I want to do. I want to put a human face here on the show, and that would be your face. Uh, so I want to be able to hear from you of things that you've enjoyed, and so I'll put some questions out there. Uh, another question out there, I put a poll asking what people thought uh, with James Gunn, should he be, or they feel he should be rehired or, no, no, fire him. And actually, the response I got overall was saying that he should be rehired. Uh, I think we really have enjoyed what he has done uh, in the films and, you know, having him come back and do something more, I think, would make some people happy. Uh, and one thing that that made me think this week is I think if someone has done something that we felt we benefited from, we're more quick to forgive their foibles or mistakes. Uh, so I, I, I've kind of noticed that, you know, there's people, if we, if we don't have a connection with that particular actor, actress, or celebrity, or whatever, or person, uh, when they mess up, we're going to focus more on the mistakes, and sometimes we don't hang on to remembering uh, what they've meant to them. Uh, but also, that can make it more heartbreaking. I mean, I used to listen to Bill Cosby uh, stuff all the time when I was a kid. I still have a bunch of his comedy albums on CD, and with that whole ordeal that I'm not going to get into, when that went down, that was heartbreaking. Uh, to have that come to light that he had done these things and he's now been convicted and yeah so I mean it can be rough but sometimes our opinion on whether we're able to move on I think is how much that person has meant to us or have they done stuff that we felt was important to us and him you know having created you know at least two movies that I know of that we really did enjoy maybe we're able to forgive him a little bit more from that and I don't know if that's right or wrong uh, that we're able to forgive better for people who, who mean something more to us personally. But I think that's just human nature. That's just the way we are. But, so that's some of the interactions I've gotten to have this week. I, well, like I said, I want to have more. I will try to think of some more questions to ask y'all. I need to make a list of different things I want to ask you about. Uh, but if you have something you just want to share, feel free to do it. You know, Facebook, uh, you can tweet us at NeverlandPCast. Uh, send the emails at podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. I'd love to be able to hear more from you than I do from a lot of these spams that I get. I get a lot of spam email where they think my name is podcast. <laughs> and it's... It's not good, but it's it's kind of funny. Uh, I have some emails I'm trying to unsubscribe from that it actually uh, they try to drop a virus onto my computer when I get there. So uh, thank you for all the virus protection I have on my computer. But uh, we've talked enough about this. I think it's time that we move on to a little bit of Disney news. Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Okay, now I'm looking for it. Here it is. Uh, I actually just saw this on D23 this week, uh, but they had a few details. You know, have you heard of this Disney Parks app? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's been around for a long time. I've been hearing different things. Uh, I should probably download it onto my phone, but I'm not sure. Uh, from home, you know, not being in a Disney park, if there would be much for me to do on the app. Uh, I'm going to have to explore that. But there was a, a little bit of detail that D23 had on their website about some of the games you can play when you're waiting in queue at a ride. Uh, and they had this Peter Pan's flight off to Neverland. 
Uh, and it says, for this game, you need at least two players to play along with Tinkerbell as you share happy thoughts with a series of questions, stories, and jokes. Uh, Toy Story Mania at the Toy Story Midway Mania at Disney's California Adventure. Uh, also in the Hollywood Studios, you have Playset Party. And this one, it says, grab a friend or four as you stand in line for this fan-favorite attraction. And you can help some of your favorite pals, or should we say partners, assemble the Toy Story Midway Mania playset. Uh, you know what? This is a great way to even interact with people in the queue with you. Because, you know, if it was just my wife and I... Now suddenly we need uh, a couple more people if we want to go four people. Although I guess you can play with, with just two. But, you know, think of this. We get to interact maybe with some other people and play games together. I mean, this I, this is a great idea, I think. Uh, Space Mountain, they have a rocket race. And as you get ready to blast off, join your friends in special training missions. This game needs at least two space cadets and can include up to five. You see, the whole family can play along. Uh, it's the perfect way to prepare for your intergalactic adventure. Uh, there's also some location-specific experiences. Uh, at Walt Disney Resort, you think, of course, you have Epcot. There's Agent P's World Showcase Adventure. Uh, and this is while you're in Epcot, you go on a world adventure with Agent P. You can trek across the UK, France, Japan, Germany, China, and Mexico. You can actually test your secret agent skills by thwarting Dr. Doofenshmirtz as you travel around the world. That seems to be a lot of fun. There's also, this is cool, the uh, Maharaja Drungle Trek at Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's a wild game that can be played solo or with up to five people, the whole family again. Uh, and you join Disney Conservation Fund in becoming a conservation hero as you discover inspiring wildlife efforts in Disney's Animal Kingdom. So see, look, educational. Uh, there's also music. And this is neat. Uh, there's a trivia. Uh, this is it's listed as being at, at California Adventure, but I'm sure there's other places that you can play some trivia. Or uh, This is interesting. So uh, let me read this whole thing. It says, The app will also allow you to enjoy the songs of Disney with specially curated playlists for all of your favorite spots in the parks. And by accessing Apple Music from within the app, users can tap into a curated audio experience featuring official playlists inspired by beloved theme park lands, attractions, and characters, and some favorite memories, too. From Happily Ever After to Tomorrowland, to Epcot Future World, there's always a playlist ready to create magically musical moments, whether in the parks oh, or at home, it says. So, hey, all right, I'm going to download this. Uh, my phone's not with me in here because I'm in the studio. It's not good to bring your phone into the studio. Uh, so I'm going to download this because, you know, music playlists are fun, uh, especially if it's Disney music, you know, because you know, uh, I'm pretty sure as a Disney fan, you like Disney music like I do, right? Right. Okay. I'm sure we can agree on that. Uh, but, of course, I did mention trivia. And it says, if we know you're all Disney trivia aficionados. And while you're walking around the park, you can play variously themed trivia games to boost your already estimable... I don't know how you say that word exactly. Estimable Disney knowledge. The trivia is themed around your favorite regions in the park. So no matter where you are... So whether you're waiting in line or waiting for a friend or waiting with a friend, there's always a game to play for you. Uh, and this is all on the D23 website. Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to download this app because they said there's stuff to do at home even. So maybe I can even play some trivia. That would be fun. Uh, it's funny though when uh, we play some trivia around here between my wife and I. I have a Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. Uh, we played it one time and she got mad at me because I knew some of the obscure trivia. <laughs> and so I won. And uh, she wasn't happy with me after that. She's very competitive. Uh, so that didn't go as well as I uh, would have liked. Oh, but moving right along. My goodness, where does the time go? We've already been together about t over 20 minutes. 
and I'm just getting started because Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party has already returned, and I, I feel like I was uh, got caught, you know, sitting around staring at the walls here with this coming up because we haven't been talking about it at all. I guess I wasn't expecting it in August. I guess I should because it, it starts in August every year, I suppose. But I don't always pay attention to it. Uh, and this, you know, I've been really busy with that National Radio Talent, but it already kicked off this past weekend. And I got a little bit of details on the Disney Parks blog, uh, and they're saying that there's some special treats. There's a Mad Tea Party that's going to... It's saying it's a colorful ride with new lighting and effects uh, that will give a new spin on the night. Well, I don't know why they said it a colorful colorful ride, because this wouldn't be a, like a ride per se. This is an attraction. If it's the Mad Tea Party I'm thinking of, this is usually a concert, and they play a lot of great fun songs. And it's, you know, new lighting effects and everything would be fun. And I guess maybe they call it a ride because it's a thrill and it's going to be exciting and fun to go and watch that. And if I was there, I think I would go check it out. I've heard some audio on Window to the Magic of the Mad Tea Party and what they do at Halloween. And it just sounds awesome. Some very talented musicians, and it's really fun. Live music is always fun at the parks. Uh, So I am very interested in that. And uh, there was a mention of some great treats around there, and I will get into that. Uh, We'll definitely talk about some of the food and some of the merchandise available. But, of course, you're going to be able to find the Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade, the Hocus Pocus Villain Spell-tacular Stage Show, and Happy Hollow Witches Fireworks are all in there again. And uh, I'm having a lot of success with the Hocus Pocus coming back. Uh, I'm just a little worried. I think we talked about this last year, that they were going to try to remake Hocus Pocus as, I think, a straight-to-television movie. And I'm like, you know, when you have something that's a cult classic like that, it can be very dodgy trying to make a new version. But we'll see what happens. All right. But also, and this, I saw just a little bit of video. If you follow the Big Fat Panda on YouTube, he actually went into Pirates of the Caribbean because they have live pirates. That's right. Actual pirates, you know, living people, are inside the attraction to interact with as you sail by, and they're all looking for somebody named Gunpowder Pete. Now, I didn't watch the entire video. I wanted to be able to talk about it and not knowing, because I didn't want to spoil anything if I knew what this Gunpowder Pete thing was all about. So I left myself willfully ignorant by not watching all of his video. But if you want to, go check out Big Fat Panda on YouTube and go and watch his video. I think I'm going to watch it after I've recorded the show now because I can watch it and I won't spoil anything. <laughs> so, and the Space Mountain, of course, you are going to hurl through deep space with a new soundtrack and special effects. Now, I don't know if this means Ghost Galaxy. It doesn't say specifically Ghost Galaxy here in Walt Disney World. But I'm wondering if that's kind of what they mean. All it says is a new soundtrack. Uh, I mean, I've heard that the way it is set up in Walt Disney World, they can't necessarily do Ghost Galaxy uh, because of speaker placement and things like that. And that's also why they weren't able to do the uh, Star Wars theming. Uh, Of course, some of that could be because they would like to have Walt Disney World to be mostly the same uh, every time you go through uh, because it's more of a tourist thing and they want every, every tourist to have the same experience. And, you know, I would think, though, because you're paying an extra amount uh, advanced tickets are $75 for adults, 70 for children, a 3 to 9 If you got your tickets for the Mickey's Halloween party, it's going to be $85 for adults or $80 for children, 3 to 9 
So and that's so this is a special ticketed event. If you're not aware of the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, it's something that they'll close the park early and then reopen it up for these specialty tickets. So uh, they can change some things up on Space Mountain, but I don't know if they could really do all the changes that requires for Ghost Galaxy. I mean, I think a lot of it is projection, and so it's possible, I suppose. Uh, but if you're going to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, uh, go ahead and tell me about it when you go and tell me what you saw. Uh, did it go Ghost Galaxy? Uh, and tell me what you do. Uh, tell me what you liked about the candy and treats you did. Uh, tell me about what costume you wore, what costumes you saw. So if you're going, uh, yeah, tell us about it. We want to know. It's fun. Uh, and also, I mean, heck, you got a few months. <laughs> You've got It's already open here, and it's like mid-August, and it's going to run through September and October. Uh, there's also... Before I leave this topic alone, the Storybook Circus, where, of course, this is you, this is I, where you're going to find Dumbo, basically. Uh, but they're going to have the Storybook Circus Disney Junior Jam, which is a dance party with some of the Disney Junior characters. And they make sure to point out at the Disney Parks blog that they include Doc McStuffins. Uh, I suppose Doc McStuffins is quite popular. Uh, if you go to the Disney Parks blog, there's links to go uh, to find your, your information about you know, finding some room offerings that there's going on in August, September, because there's discounts of up to 25% going on. If you go to DisneyWorld.com slash Enchanted hyphen Escape, uh, or there's the, you know, DisneyWorld.com Magical dash Holidays dot dash Room. Sorry, not about the dot. I mean, dash. Uh, or just go MickeyHalloween.com. Uh, so, you know, check into some stuff if you're planning to go, or but, but you haven't maybe made your arrangements yet because you're thinking, hmm, I think I'd rather go in October. <laughs> you know, Go and check it out and see what's going on with that. But while you're there, and uh, I, I hope some of this pops up on one of the apps, you know, for the Disney Park apps, you know, Shop Disney Parks, because they have... I. I, I I like snow globes <laughs> and they have this thing and it looks like a, like a snow globe. I don't know if it's actually is a snow globe, but it's, it's a thing for the hocus pocus villain spectacular spectacular. That's a hard word. And it's even marked for 2018, but the, on the Disney parks blog, you can find this. They've got some specialty artwork and a, and a style of the Sanderson sisters. And it's basically this little globe thing that has little kind of statuettes figures of the Sanderson sisters. Uh, there's also like a little coffee muck that's kind of looks like a cauldron with a big handle on the side. There's bags, there's t-shirts. Uh, I don't know exactly who did the designs on them, but they're very fun, very cute. They don't actually look like the actresses in the film, but you can tell who they are. And I mean, they just look like fun. Uh, it's very, very light and a lighthearted style. And of course, they have some specialty uh, ears that have the new style of Mickey and Minnie for the you know that current cartoon that's been running. Uh, it says "Boo to you" on these Mickey ears. They're orange, and it has Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party said on the front, and then they, each ear has Mickey and Minnie, and they're both in costumes. Uh, these same designs can be found on t-shirts. Uh, they even have a thing about being a pass holder. Uh, they, but they're all dated. They have wonderful different pictures and graphics on these shirts. Uh, there are some fun little pins. They're limited release pins. Uh, I can see Huey, Dewey, and Louie on one of them with Donald. I mean, it's, all these pictures are very small, but lots of different fun pins with some of the great Disney villains and uh, a very special... Uh, Oh, wow, the word went right out of my head. <laughs> but you know your little bracelet that has all your stuff on there, your magic band. Uh, they have they have a special one for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. It's kind of got some neat little pictures on the side. It's gray, has kind of an orange uh, Mickey head uh, space on the top, but it's got that Mickey design. looks like he's dressed as a vampire, and I think Minnie's supposed to be dressed as a witch, uh, the way I'm looking at these uh, pictures. But it has Mickey on the side. 
Uh, and this is really, really fun. So, you know, lots of things to pick up. And I think you could probably order this Magic Band perhaps online. Because, you know, you can usually pre-order it. But, oh man, I wish I could go. If you're going, though, please let me know and what you do. And, and tell me about what you're doing on your trip. And what you do on your trip when you come back. Uh, but here's a little bit of the fun things going on. The Not-So-Poison Apple Cupcake is going to be found at the Main Street Bakery. And it's available every day through October 31st. And uh, I guess it's an apple on top, but being that red and sitting up, uh, what looks, you know, it's a cupcake and it's got icing on the top, uh, but it looks like a, a bloody mess, to tell you the truth. <laughs> and then there, oh my goodness, looking at this picture. Okay, let me just describe this for you. And it's called the Halloween Cinnamon Roll, and it's at the Main Street Bakery. So it's a big cinnamon roll with two kind of smaller, like half cinnamon rolls up there for Mickey's ear. So it's basically a Mickey head cinnamon roll. And they've got this orange icing just up and you know, all across. I mean, it's not like a like it's glazed on. It's kind of striped on, going back and forth with the icing thing. And then they've drawn a, a chocolate-looking spider web on top of that. So it's a really fun-looking, and it's a cinnamon roll, which means I want one. Oh my goodness, and then as I keep going down here, and this is all in Disney Parks blog, you can go and look at some of this. They have a pumpkin cheesecake at the Main Street Bakery. I think that's all I really have to say about this. It's pumpkin cheesecake. Oh, and it's gluten-friendly, by the way. That is really cool, and it's with some gluten-friendly vanilla pecan cake and a caramel glaze. But it's a pumpkin cheesecake. <laughs> that's all that I really need, and it looks like they have this little it's basically the mickey head the, the pumpkin mickey head uh little candy i guess that they place on top that i would almost hate to eat because it's too cute uh there's also the mini witch brownie over at casey's corner and it's got a really cool it looks very vintage style mini mouse dresses a witch with her little broom that uh, appears to be a decoration on top of the cupcake uh, so, of course, you're going to want to eat the cupcake, but the picture is really, really fun. Ooh, Hades Nachos over at the Picos Bill Tall Tale Inn and Cafe, which is only available on party nights. Uh, I better be paying attention to this. Yeah, the uh, pumpkin cheesecake is only on party nights. Uh, a lot of these are available daily. But yeah, this is only on party nights. This and the, and the pumpkin cheesecake. But uh, it's black bean nacho dips topped with a fiery buffalo chicken sauce and your choice of tippings from, toppings from the topping bar. I'm not really keen on uh, buffalo sauce, though, myself. Okay, uh, this is interesting. Okay, so this is Worms and Dirt. It's over at Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn and Cafe. It's available on party nights right now, but... October 1st, they're going to make it available daily. Uh, this has a little tombstone in the top for Master Gracie laid to the rest. Uh, and it's some of this dirt-looking thing, and it's got gummy worms coming out. But what's it say here? It says it is in a chocolate pudding. And it's got some cake crumbs on the top is what I'm looking at. Oh, and it's a chocolate gravestone, so you can eat this gravestone as well. Oh, my goodness. That sounds really tasty. I'm kind of partial to... Uh, you call it a dirt cake, you know, where it's like a chocolate mousse and you put, like, Oreo crumbs in it. That's very similar, uh, except for, you know, I, the gummy worms I usually don't like in that thing, but th this just makes it fun. All right, so there's Streets of the Cider House that's only on party nights. And you'll find some apple cider, and there's caramel stuffed pretzels, warm. Uh, oh, they even have some cinnamon donuts. Uh, of course, these donuts look more like little donut holes, but they're cinnamon, so that sounds pretty good. Uh, a Zero Waffle Sunday over at Sleepy Hollow. Uh, this is available party nights only, but of course, October 1st, they'll make it available all day. And, well, it's a waffle, and this looks like it's got uh, tons of sprinkles on top of some ice cream. And I'm thinking this might be like a caramel glaze kind of hanging off of there. 
yes, a caramel drizzle on vanilla ice cream with sprinkles. Oh, and this. It's a Jack Skellington cake push pop over at Sleepy Hollow, which, unfortunately, is only on party nights. But if you're going to the party, then enjoy this thing. It looks like a candy Jack Skellington is sitting on top of this thing. And it's a it's a push pop. It's layered with the, the chocolate cake, vanilla buttercream, white chocolate, dark chocolate, crispy pearls. Oh my goodness, dark chocolate, dark chocolate curls. I'm sorry, I'm stripping over my own tongue just thinking about this thing. White chocolate Jack Skellington up sitting on top. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Okay, moving on. Oh, this is so cool. A Madame Leota dessert. It's over at the Liberty Square Market. It's only on party nights. Uh, but this is a little ball-shaped dessert, although it looks to be flat. Uh, and it's, let's see, what are these little pearls here? There's, they're chocolate pearls and there's hard candy garnish on there. But it's overall, it's a vanilla tart shell filled with toasted marshmallow pastry cream. Uh, so, wow, that's a lot of marshmallow. Look into this thing. It's probably not as big as what I'm thinking. Because uh, it looks kind of like a, a little cake. But maybe it's about the size of a cookie. Because a little marshmallow can go a long way. And here's something else. Also only available on Party Nights for Haunted Mansion fans. This basically, imagine a doom buggy that looks kind of like a cupcake or some sort of a little cake. Uh, and it's got like a cookie of the hitchhiking ghost sitting there and they got the little bar and there's some icing on this thing. Uh, but overall, it says this is like a cream puff and it's filled with cookies and cream mousse and topped with chocolate piece. Oh, a chocolate piece with the hitchhiking ghost. I, it's almost too cute to eat. <laughs> sort of like, oh my goodness, the Oogie Boogie Meringue over at Gaston's Tavern, which is only available on party nights. And it's actually gluten-friendly. It's a pomegranate cherry galette. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. And it's got gummy worms and glow-in-the-dark meringue. And, of course, gluten-friendly. And very, very funny because it's... The cream is uh, got like a oogie-boogie face on it. And he's got all these worms hanging out of him. Uh, oh, my goodness. How many desserts can I find? Maleficent dessert over at Storybook Treats that's available daily. Uh, it, it's a little kind of a black waffle cone. It's got these horns out the sides and everything. Uh, I'm just going to have to move on. There's candy corn ice cream, a candy corn milkshake. Well, if you really like candy corn, there you go. Uh, there's a Munster Smash burger over at Cosmic Rays. And, of course, there is a popcorn. Uh, now, the only bucket they're showing is literally a bucket, and it says Happy Halloween 2018. Uh, I can see Chip flying with some little wings, so he's, like, dressed as a bat. Uh, cute. I, I, normally, you know, they'd have, yeah, like, a Mickey head and stuff like that. I'm sure they have a lot more decorative buckets than they're, what they're showing here on the blog. But there's lots of different treats. Tickets are available for the Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And they start every evening at 7 p.m. at Walt Disney World, running through October 31st. Uh, and, oh, it says some of these items may materialize in mobile order service on the MDX app. So you may want to order some of this stuff ahead so when you get there, you can just get your treat and move on. Alrighty, but we have more things to talk about. I think I've spent enough time talking about all of that stuff. Uh, but, oh, we have something else going on in the park, and it's... It's not quite as happy, uh, but the Disneyland was building this upscale hotel, and I think we've talked about it before. Uh, they've had some problems, and there's something going on with the developers that Disney and the city couldn't agree on the terms, uh, and they've acknowledged this August 15th, that, and so they were actually delayed on building this thing. Uh, and there were businesses and things that were closed back in June, making way for the construction. And they were supposed to start construction July 1st. 
And I guess everything's gone, you know, gone wrong here with the Anaheim Planning Commission here on, on Monday, August 20th. Well, that's kind of weird. It seems like it, no, this is, it says this was published August 15th, so... Uh, okay, so it's going to be considered on Monday, August 20th. So I guess there's supposed to be some more talk coming up. But it says Disney executives pulled the project Wednesday, saying they could not reach an agreement with the city over terms under with which the hotel was to be constructed. Uh, you can read about this at ocregister.com. That's the Orange County Register. Uh, it's a very lengthy article. Uh, I'm sure they'll eventually figure out something to get this thing built. Uh, but it's right now everything's kind of unclear when the city is going to revisit the issue. Overall, I mean, it's going to be a benefit for the city whenever Disney builds something new. So I'm pretty sure they're going to want to have this. But uh, you know, we did come across something, I guess, earlier this year where they're, um, Disney seems to almost get a pass sometimes on some of the taxes in the city and things like that. And some people are starting to get a little upset about it. Uh, but this, I believe, is part of what we lost the Earl of Sandwich there in downtown Disney in order to build, and some people were upset about that. Uh, so uh, hopefully they get something going with this, because you're going to have some people kind of upset if this doesn't come to fruition when all the things got torn down for it. All right, but let's move outside of the park, and we'll talk about some more interesting things. Uh, speaking of live-action things going on, but uh, Patton Oswalt and Christy Carlton Romano have just joined the cast of the live-action Kim Possible coming to the Disney Channel. And, you know, Christy Carlson Romano was the original voice of Kim Possible, and Patton Oswalt actually voiced one of the villains, Professor Dementor. Uh, so this is kind of cool. This is almost a little bit of a fan service uh, to have these characters in there. And uh, the D23 official fan page, they have pictures of the actors playing Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable, uh, actually in a similar pose to uh, a drawing next to them of the characters, the animated versions. Uh, and these two actors, now I, I looked this up earlier, and now I can't find it. <laughs> but uh, oh, there we go. Uh, Sadie Stanley's playing Kim Possible, and Sean Jambrone, and I don't know if I'm getting his name right at all. He's from the Goldbergs, uh, playing Ron Stoppable. Also, we're going to see Allison Hannigan, uh, and she's actually been on, of course, How I Met Your Mother and Disney Junior's animated series Fancy Nancy. Um, of course, she was also played Willow on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series. Uh, so a lot of different people. Oh, and she, Allison Hannigan, by the way, is playing Dr. Ann Possible, which is Mom Possible. Uh, you've got Todd Stashwick, Taylor Ortega. Uh, you're expecting... Uh, Dragon and Shago, uh, which are a couple of fan favorite villains. I mean, a lot of different characters they have listed in here. It's a very long list. I mean, they're they're really trying to throw everything at this. Uh, they're going to have to really just go for it and be a little cartoony, I think, with it, because your name is possible and stoppable. Uh, they don't lend themselves to being to be taken seriously as a live action. So I expect this will be very lighthearted and fun, even as a live action. We have some prices for the D23 Expo. Now, granted, I would like to go, but I've heard it can be really crowded, and you don't necessarily get to do everything you would want. But if you are a D23 Gold member, a three-day ticket's going to cost you $177, $219 after November 20th. Now, I've heard this is a price increase. A one-day ticket, $67, or $79 after November 20th. Child ticket for a three-day, $125, one-day, $49, of course... These are all going to go up after November 20th. If you're not a gold member like me, 
<laughs> well, it says to join now for up to $288 in savings for a three-day pass. But your three-day ticket is $249. Your single-day ticket is $89. Child ticket, three-day, $185. One-day, $69. Uh, overall, that's not too bad. At least for the prices of a child ticket, it's pretty close to what I have to pay to go to conventions around here uh, if I was still paying, but I go in as press usually. Uh, so, uh, but the D23 Expo is coming. Uh, they, of course, have lots of plans of lots of fun things. I mean, there's, there's of course, going to be legends put in there and a lot of panels. And they're expecting Oprah Winfrey, Ray Weatherspoon, Whoopi Goldberg, Jordan Fisher, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Hamill, Kristen Bell, Chris Hemsworth, Mandy Moore, the star of Descendants, and, of course, you know, some of their executives, some of their creative talent. I mean, it's a three-day extravaganza with a lot of different things, and a lot of information will be dropped about, you know, upcoming things. Of course, though, this is not happening until 2019. Uh, they're kind of getting ahead of things, uh, but there is... The D23 Expo Mousquerade. And Ashley Eckstein and Yvette Nicole Brown are going to be judging it. I guess they're a return. This appears to be a, a bit of a costume type of thing. They're celebrating Disney characters' broad history. Uh, so this will be fun. So you're basically going to have a chance with your costume. There's also the Ghoulishly Delightful Design Challenge. Uh, so this is going to be themed from the Haunted Mansion, which, for of course, opened in 1969. So it's celebrating a 50th anniversary in 2019, which is really cool. And so fans are being encouraged to create ghoulishly delightful designs from paintings and drawings to sculptures and models, inspired by the 999 Happy Haunts. Uh, 23 pieces of finalist artwork is going to be on display at the expo. Uh, there's, of course, a whole gallery and a floor show, and there will be a cash prize for the winner of $2,300. Now, I don't know if that's going to help pay for your ticket to get in, because I'm hoping if you're a finalist, you get a pass to come in. Uh, but yeah, it's I've heard that this is more expensive than what they've previously had, but you know, it's it would be fun to go and it'd be nice to be able to sit in and learn of all the new things coming, or at least more details on some of the things being built. Speaking of money, though, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine are feeling they need to get paid a little bit more to do, and the and Hollywood reporter's calling it Star Trek 4, but, I mean, this is not really the fourth Star Trek movie. I've lost count of how many Star Trek movies there are, but this is going back to, you know, what a lot of people call the Abrams-verse. So this would be the fourth on the line since J.J. Abrams has come along and done this. But, see, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine, since having done the original Star Trek movie with J.J. Abrams, have become bigger name actors thanks to doing you know, Wonder Woman and Thor. Uh, so they're wanting more money. So they actually have kind of walked away from this. Although I think there's still some contracts that Chris Pine has already signed to at least do a fourth movie. So I don't know what all he can do to renegotiate on this. So I'm not sure all is what's going on here. Uh, but Hollywood Reporter could not get any comment from Paramount or the representatives for Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth. Uh, so the, this movie is still moving forward. We just don't know who's going to be playing the uh, Kirk family members anymore because they won more money. And I guess that just is the way things go. And that is all the news, though, that we have to share this week. And uh, I think now it's time to go to the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. The Neverland Trailer Park. Can you imagine what it's like?
it's like to be an ace pilot? This is your chance to make that true. I've got a mission for you. Yes! Blend in, find out who's loyal to the good guys and who isn't. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. You can work on my team. Get ready to be impressed. But when it comes to your mission as a spy, I don't want anything to do with it. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I just wanted to wish my competition good luck. This is fine. I'm fine. Just be careful and don't explode. I'll do my best. This should be good. Here we go. Star Wars Resistance, an all-new series, premieres Sunday, October 7th at 10 on Disney Channel. Yes! Okay, so we've been hearing about Star Wars Resistance. Dave Filoni is back with yet another series. I'm still really behind on Star Wars Rebels. Uh, We've gotten to see some screenshots, and uh, some people have been kind of a little, well, you know, they don't know about the designs of the characters or stuff. I've heard some people have some doubts. Uh, But now we've gotten to see some full animation, and this actually reminds me of Paper Man. It is looking 2D, but it's definitely done in a computer, you can tell. But it's nice, good, smooth animation. Uh, it reminds me a lot of a cel-shaded video game. And, you know, I, I think the look of it is actually kind of cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. This is Dave Filoni's Star Wars series, so it's probably going to be pretty good. And we even get to see a little bit of Poe Dameron in there. And so I think we're going to get to see a lot more of the story. Maybe we'll learn a little bit more how the Force First Order has gained some notoriety in the galaxy and how resistance gets put together by the, the old Re- or the New Republic. Maybe we'll learn a little bit more about the New Republic. All I know about the New Republic is that apparently they've been moving the capital around from planet to planet to try to balance things. I've heard that as part of the things uh, about the new, you know, how things are in the Seawolverse. But, of course, this is all taking place, I believe, before The Force Awakens. Uh, But this looked really, really neat, and I'm excited to check it out. I don't think I have to finish watching Rebels in order to understand it, so (laughs) I'm going to dive in. But now there was a new trailer for the upcoming Spider-Man PS4 exclusive video game. Welcome to Just the Facts with J. Jonah Jameson, alerting the fine citizens of New York City to the threats they don't even know about. Namely, that menace, Spider-Man. Our first caller is... What'd you say your name was? Hi, uh, this is Peter Patterson. Don't you think you're a little hard on Spider-Man? Let me tell you something, Patterson. Spider-Man treats New York City as his own personal playground. Just yesterday, I saw him doing backflips and 360s. Disgraceful running and crawling on buildings. In fact, I have it on good authority that he's been doing swan dives off of skyscrapers. It seems the more confident he gets, the more creative he gets. Walk like a normal person. Come on, what's wrong with a little sightseeing? Uh, New York is super diverse and constantly changing. Uh, Maybe he's just looking for vantage points to monitor crime? Crime he's causing, you mean. Sources tell me he has backpacks filled with who knows what hidden throughout the city. Unauthorized research stations. Get a permit like the rest of us, loser. Ever since he came onto the scene, prancing around like an 80s action hero, gangs have been setting up shop, using warehouses, construction sites, and rooftops as bases of operation, putting lives at risk. Who does he think he is? Spider cop? I really feel like he's trying to help people. I don't want to hear it. The fine people of New York deserve better. My uncle once said, 
With great power, there must also come great responsibility. Maybe this is just his way of growing into the hero he wants to be. And from what I've seen, the people seem to be a-okay with that. Agree to disagree, Patterson. Spider-Man only cares about one thing. Himself! Jameson out. The dialogue may seem a little clever to you, but it'll be even more clever if you go on YouTube and you look this up. Because as they're talking, they're demonstrating in the game all of these different things, all the flips and the free roaming. And when J. Jonah Jameson is talking about him diving off skyscrapers, he's diving off Avengers Tower. And as he's swinging by, you recognize the Sanctum Septorium. And so there's Marvel locations, and even though they didn't show it, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see the uh, Fantastic Four tower. Uh, I believe it's called Four Freedoms. Uh, so, I mean, various locations are going to be located in this big open world, which we kind of expect as Marvel fans, but I don't recall in some of these other free world run type of games that we've gotten to see the Avengers Tower. I don't recall ever seeing it before. I mean, the movie-based games really didn't have a lot of Marvel locations, but that first PlayStation Spider-Man game, you could see the, the Fantastic Four's base of operations. There was the Big Four, and you could actually swing over to it and collect a comic item, and Spidey would make a little comment about, oh, it looks like the Fantastic Four aren't home right now. Uh, so we do expect to see these type of locations, so I appreciate seeing them brought into the game and being areas that you can visit uh, so I, I wonder what other locations. I'm, of course, I'm sure we gotta we get to find the Daily Bugle, uh, maybe the NYU, the university where Peter Parker has gone. Uh, so yeah, lots of great locations in this world. So I'm I'm excited to play this thing, and I think we're gonna do some live streams uh, as soon as I manage to get a copy. Uh, right now, I'm still trying to live stream the Kingdom Hearts game, by the way, on on YouTube, and uh, I've moved over into Twitch. Uh, so I'm still trying to work my way through that. <laughs> I just don't always have the time to play. Uh, but, oh, hey, you know what? It's time for a movie review. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Hermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. Okay, yes, I know. This is a little late, but I did see Christopher Robin actually opening weekend. I haven't gotten a chance to really talk about it. Uh, Jeff Revere last week said, oh, it was really cute. And yes, it is definitely very cute. And it's very emotional. It's definitely going to tap into and pull out those heartstrings of that little child you that remembers all of your toys when you're younger and that loves has loved Winnie the Pooh for probably your entire life, ever since you first saw the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, or maybe even the television series, The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, that used to come on Saturday mornings with gummy bears. Uh, there's been so much Winnie the Pooh, I'm sure, that you have seen in your life that you already love these characters and seeing them come to life and behave exactly the way you expect them to, react to things, uh, getting to go into the Hundred Acre Wood, uh, this it was a great movie. It tapped down all of your nostalgia and all the feels. Has a great story, uh, really dealing with a lot of family. Although you could say a lot of the story was lifted right out of the movie Hook, because <laughs> Christopher Robin has grown up and he's forgotten 
his childlike fun, which, you know, of course, here in Neverland, we're big about, you know, keeping that childlike youthfulness about us. And so he's lost that. And so we're going to get to see him tap back into that and deal with a situation at work that's very much a grown-up situation. And you wouldn't think that Pooh and his pals would help him find a way to solve this type of problem. Uh, and one of the things that's kind of fun about this is we don't really ever ask the question of how come these stuffed animals are alive. A hundred acre wood just seems to be a magical place. And we're given little bits of things and where we just accept it because we see some honey spill on an old picture of Pooh that Christopher Robin had drawn when he was child when he was a child that his daughter has found and some honey spills on it. And then we cut over to Pooh waking up in the morning. Like somehow or another, there's some magic around the imagination of Christopher Robin that makes all this happen. And yet some other people, in the, when they're in London towards the, the, the second half of the movie or later on, other people are seeing Pooh or Eeyore and they think, well, that, that stuffed animal is looking at me. You know, they, there's something alive about them to everyone else as well. And in fact, you know, Christopher Robin's daughter and his wife can interact and see these as well. But we never question why that happens. Because we never questioned it before in the cartoons, you know? It, we just go with it. It's just the way the stories are supposed to go to us. And I was completely delighted with it. Of course, uh, Heather, of course, if, you, if anyone knows Pixie Heather, uh, she, she can cry to the drop of a hat. And, of course, we should have brought tissues in because it pulls at all the heartstrings. Uh, it's a great, warm, fun movie. It's funny. It's lighthearted. It's just a good movie. And I think if you haven't gone, you will enjoy it. And you should go. And if, if you did go... I think you understand what I'm saying. Uh, so it's, yeah, a good movie. I definitely recommend it. But another thing we can talk about this week is the Infinity War is officially out on Blu-ray or 4K. Uh, you could buy the DVD by itself. But, you know, I really like getting a Blu-ray DVD digital combo, which is not available. But, of course, I did manage to pick up the disc. I went and I watched the digital copy because that's what I do. I, I want my solid disc, but I'll unlock that digital copy in my Disney Movie Rewards and I'll watch there. And it was great to be able to see this again and try to catch some of the details that maybe I might have missed in the theater and take that ride again because it's, it's, it's a little different the second time because you don't live in as much terror of not knowing who might die. You just kind of know it's coming. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's an adventurous movie. It's a little dark because, uh, this is Thanos's journey and Thanos is doing some pretty bad things and he's made up in his head, his own justification for this stuff. And, uh, but it's still, that movie definitely holds up to second viewing as the special features. I've taken a look at some, there's this nice 10-year review uh, going to 10 years of Marvel Studios, talking to some of the actors and directors. So that's really kind of fun and neat. Uh, there's a director's roundtable on there. Uh, there's some really interesting deleted scenes or alternate scenes, really, because some of it you can see where it meshes in uh, or how it could have been, you know, because the movie will have the scene one way, and then we see the scene, a scene kind of go in a, in a different fashion. We, we Maybe we move into the scene differently or we have some extra things that... that I, you know, with multiple takes, you can say, okay, we're going to do this. And then, okay, now we're going to, let's do this. And the script might be a little different. Uh, you can tell they just filmed it multiple ways just to kind of see what was working. Uh, and so they're not necessarily so much scenes that were completely deleted as much as they are alternate versions of the scene we saw. And it was very interesting. Uh, I wish the gag reel would have been a little longer. The gag reel is fun. Uh, but lots of different fun things. Definitely worth your time picking this up. Uh, but one thing I do want to kind of mention that is very interesting to me, and it changed the way I watched it this this past week. There was a video on Wired 
Wired Magazine on their YouTube page where they sat with the Russo brothers and they're talking about all the different characters. And I had taken it, and I don't think I'm going to spoil anything, but I had taken it in Infinity War that Hulk would not come out because he was afraid. Because he finally found an opponent he couldn't beat outright. That somebody could match him and smash him. So I was thinking, well, maybe Hulk is finally afraid to come out. But what the Russo brothers said is Hulk has it in his head that Bruce only lets him out to solve some sort of problem. And Hulk may be getting tired of that. Like, I only get control of the body when you want something done. Because we did see Hulk has gotten a little bit more thinking here in Ragnarok. He's got to spend a lot more time outside, and he's more, you know, his intelligence is starting to come out because he does have Bruce's brains in there. Uh, so he's coming from the perspective of, all right, well, why do I always have to come out and solve these things? I'm tired of it. But now we do see Bruce stepping up and dealing with things. So I expect, I, I would like to see an in-his-head conversation between Bruce and the Hulk. Working out their things of, you know, to step up and say, hey, you know what, we we need to come together. We're a team, the two of us. And we, this is what we need to do. So I, I would like to see that. But that's what the Russo brothers said. It's more about Hulk not wanting to be, I guess, used to solve problems more than he is. He's afraid to, to face Thanos or any of his minions. Uh, so that's that's some interesting things coming around there. That's something I think you can take into mind next time you watch the film, because I do recommend you pick it up. It's definitely worth it. But speaking of Hulk, let's go into the Neverland story time, and then we'll just dive right over into Phantasmic with Lost Boy Jesse. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. Power Records presents The Incredible Hulk at Bay. As our story opens, the huge green mutant known as the Hulk has just rescued his friend, Betty Talbot, from the fury of an erupting volcano. Even Hulk knows that their chances of being found on this island are slim. But, miracle. Betty, there is plane. Go to them. They will take you home. Go. Hulk will be all right. Steve, look. A woman. Good Lord, it's General Ross's daughter. Let's get her out of here fast before this whole island explodes. The men pour out of the helicopter. They thought Betty Talbot dead. But sometimes the gods are kind. Good to see you, Mrs. Talbot. Anyone else around? My co-pilot thought he saw someone. N no, Captain. I I'm alone. Okay, then. Let's get out of here. As we said, the gods can be kind. But will they be kind to our stowaway? Hulk, who just saved Betty's life, is flying right back into the arms of General Ross, a man whose sworn aim in life is to catch and destroy the Hulk. This same General Ross, the builder of the notorious Hulkbuster base, will be waiting to welcome back his missing daughter. Maybe Hulk should have stayed with the erupting volcano. So how does it feel getting away from that island? But you can't wait to see General Ross again. Your father's quite a guy. Yes, I suppose he is. Betty's voice. Now Hulk remembers. He got in box to be near Betty. Betty is Hulk's friend. Mrs. Talbot, this isn't any of my business, but 
How did you survive on the island without help? You're right, Lieutenant. It isn't any of your business. Betty, sounds angry. Should Hulk come out and help her? Hard for Hulk to think. Why is everything always so hard for Hulk? Now is neither the time nor place to answer that question. This moment must be dedicated to other matters. Among them, a reunion. Uh, you'll excuse me, won't you, Armbruster? I want to be alone when I meet my daughter. I read you, Ross. The reunion of father and daughter is just as it should be. The pressure in both of them disappears. Tears of happiness well up. Unfortunately, moments like this can't last. Colonel Armbruster, the base is empty, sir. Completely deserted. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. Meanwhile, aboard the shuttle jet which acted as a ferry for Betty Talbot. It's happened again. The Hulk must have relaxed for a moment. Perhaps fallen asleep. Whatever the reason, I've changed. I'm Bruce Banner again. The question now is, where am I? It looks like a military jet. I'd better find myself some camouflage. A few moments later, a very confused Robert Bruce Banner leaves the cargo hold of the giant jet, bearing little resemblance to the world-famous physicist who designed the deadly gamma bomb, or to the green creature who is Hyde to Banner's Jekyll. Rather, he seems to be simply a wandering enlisted man. If I remember the layout of the Hulkbuster base accurately, this air vent leads to the main underground concourse, and the concourse leads to the kitchens. One thing I learned a long time ago. Never make plans on an empty stomach. The silent base seems strangely dead, except for the new arrivals. Still no sign of the men who are supposed to be manning this base? Colonel Armbruster. What is it, Rogers? I just returned from the radio bunker. All of the equipment has been sabotaged. Circuit smashed. Of course, we still have the radios in our jets, but... Then what's the problem, soldier? Seems to me we've got the situation well in hand. We'll check out this desertion thing, but for the moment... It seems things are more or less under control. And carefully, fool. We won't have time for a second shot. Don't worry, partner. Once I fired this baby, those army boys will be about as much trouble as a class of first graders. One second. Two. And before the startled eyes of 35 professional warriors, an army jet buckles and explodes. Smoke clears. I want six volunteers to hit that hangar. Rogers, Clemens. Grady, Jones, Watson! A moment's pause, and amid the rubble... Colonel, there's something moving in Hangar 2. Well, don't just stand there, soldier. We'll attack. Maybe you'd better take a look-see, sir. Eh? What in Sam Hill? Nightmare. All his life, the man named Armbruster has been a soldier, and possibly a victim. But today, he finds himself confronted with a sight from his most tortured dreams. Not one uncrushable foe, but two... You hold them back, Abomination. Show them we mean business, and then nobody can stop us. Nobody in the whole wide world will ever stop us again. You're the same kind of creature as the Hulk, a gamma-ray mutant. Wrong, fool. I'm far more powerful than that green lump. I'm the Abomination, the strongest mutant of all. <laughs> Not bad, friend. In the meantime, look at what I caught. What is this? What do you want? Want? Lady, we want the Hulk's blasted green hide. We kind of thought we'd team up to blast that flat-headed creep into tomorrow. As soon as the Hulk shows up here, and we figure to get him here with all this Hulkbuster equipment, all of you and him are 
gonna be dead. Twelve hours, and night falls. A car with two young passengers moves ever closer to the sprawling Arizona complex known as Hulkbuster Base Number One. Jim Wilson, we've come almost 2,000 miles from New York, so you can say hi to some friends. Tell you, honey, old General Ross and me go back more years than I... Uh-oh, looks like a roadblock. Twelve hours, and the Hulkbuster base has been completely and effectively surrounded. Let's see your ID. Well, what's going on? Some sort of raid? That's our business, mister. Your business is to get out of here before we begin to get a little suspicious. Okay, friend. I get the general idea. Two more hours pass. My head. I must have been more tired than I thought. It just goes to show you a man can't lead a double life without getting pretty exhausted. Now that's odd. No one here. Not even a guard posted. Something's wrong. I can feel it. Dear Lord in heaven, no! Betty, General Ross, even Colonel Armbruster, sealed into one of the Hulk-retaining cells? What in the name of sanity is going on? Dazed, the renowned scientist can only stare. He does not hear the approach of the massive figure known as the Abomination. He doesn't hear until it's much too late. Another one. We thought we captured all the humans on this base. A fist, like a slab of iron, clamps over Banner's mouth and nose, and the abruptness of this attack causes Banner to become excited. His heart begins to pound, and in the darkness of the dimly lit corridor, Robert Bruce Banner begins to change. Then, where once stood a quiet physicist, now stands the Incredible Hulk. Suicide abomination. He's the rhino's baby now. Hulk doesn't understand. Hulk wakes up and everyone attacks him. Wait! Hulk knows you. Hulk hit you before. Hulk will do it again. Keep back, rhino. We can capture him with one of the Hulkbuster base's specially designed weapons. Guns? Hulk thought only soldiers used guns. Hulk doesn't like guns. Hulk will go away. Stop him, Abomination. Stop him. No, he won't go far. He'll be back, and we'll be ready for him. One hour. Time enough for Jim Wilson and his girl Talia to drive around the Hulkbuster base to find another unguarded entrance and to use it. Not a soul in sight. And all that wreckage on the airfield. Let's get out of here, Jim. This place gives me the Hulk! Big friend, am I glad to see you, especially at a time like this. Listen, do you know what's happening around here? Jim is Hulk's friend. Maybe Jim can explain why ugly people attack Hulk. Haltingly, the Hulk tells Jim and Talia as much as he can remember about the events of the past hour. Well, the way it reads to me, these two goons are out to get you, Hulk. And from what you've said, they're willing to kill everyone on this base to do it. Looks like we don't have much choice. We'll have to use Talia as a decoy. A decoy? Are you out of your mind, Jim Wilson? You want to play hero? Go ahead. But count me out. Honey, I'm not going to argue with you. But I'll tell you this. If you don't help, there isn't one of us who'll get off this base alive. A short while later in the Central Control Complex. These gadgets read positive. The Hulk's still in the vicinity. Pretty soon he'll be ours. Then once we've... Uh, someone outside. We can't let her get away. She's heading toward the surface. Do you think 
she heard about the bomb, grab her and find out. But when the two lumbering allies reach topside... She's gone! You let her escape! Ah, uh, she can't do us any harm. The bomb's set. Not even the Hulk can... Sounds like things are getting pretty hot and heavy upstairs. The longer the Hulk can keep those jokers busy, the better my chances of reaching General Ross. Soon, outside the Hulk retaining cell containing the captured Hulkbusters... General Ross, can you read me? This is Jim Wilson, General. Is there anything I can do to get you dudes out of there? Jim, thank heaven someone's found us. Uh, don't worry about us now, Jim. There's something far more important you have to take care of. The Gamma Bomb. Gamma Bomb? You mean like the thing which turned Doc Banner into the Hulk? Precisely. The Abomination has set it to go off in less than three minutes. But why would he do a dumb thing like that? Because he knew the Hulk was still on the base, and he expects to escape before the bomb can explode. Wee-o! Tell me what to do, General. Fast! Five seconds later, after Jim has listened to Ross's hurried instructions and has set the cell intercom on maximum volume... You take the main corridor to side passage 6G. There's a ladder there, Jim. Go down two levels. You'll find a pressure chamber. You've got two minutes, Jim. Follow this passage to the end. Make a left, go two doors, turn right. Hurry, lad, hurry. 90 seconds. Do you see the control panel? It should be to your left. Got it. It's a letter combination. The letters are C-H-A-O-S. 68 seconds, Jim. Cut it out, man. I've got the top open. We're not out of the woods yet, son. Uh, you still have to reverse the detonation fuse. Great. How am I supposed to do that? I wish I could tell you, son, but I don't know how the abomination said it. It's up to you, Jim. 47 seconds. I said cut that out. Phew. Uh, there's a small pin. Touch it lightly. See which way it gives. I'm trying it, General Ross. It's moving a bit. Now what? Pick a direction, son, and pull. A pause. Three seconds. Bingo! The pin's out, General. The bomb's off. Far out. I did it. Meanwhile, Hulk is tired of you hitting him. So Hulk will stop you. Like this. You better get ready to ram him. That we better get out of here. That cheap bomb must be ready to blast. Hulk is sick of fighting. Hulk wants to finish it. Don't worry, Hulk. We'll finish it for you. As only the rhino in the abomination can. This is stupid. Hulk doesn't like it. Hulk can beat either of you. But Jim said to wait. Hulk has waited long enough. So now, Hulk will leave. No! No! There's an old saying about an immovable object meeting an irresistible force. Witness such a meeting and its result. Big boys hurt Hulk ears. Why won't the world ever leave Hulk alone? And so much for the Rhino and the Abomination. Meanwhile, the troops surrounding Hulkbuster Base Number 1 receive the long-awaited signal. Lieutenant, look! They're telling us the danger's ended. Hulkbuster base is back in control. Thus, one half hour later, we find ourselves attending a most unusual press conference in which the star figure is... The Hulk. Can you tell our audience exactly how you defeated both the Abomination and the Rhino? Take stick out of Hulk's face or Hulk will break it. Uh, Hulk, can I thank you? 
You're the one who hates Hulk, who wants to destroy him. I'm also the one who owes his life to you, as we all do. Uh, maybe there's something I should learn from that. Maybe I've been... Holy cow! Behind you, Hulk! Look out! Look! Homebrister, what the devil is the meaning of this? Don't you realize what you've done? My duty, Ross. My patriotic duty. I've captured the Hulk! A hero one minute, a captive the next. So it goes in the life of our huge friend. But the Hulk will find some way out. He always does. Said, is there a single sign? He said, no, but he just give him this. He gives me this card, which is there for a blind pass. But nobody would take it from me. I'm like, I'm like, here, you know? And they're like, no, no. I'm like, it's like five different things. I still have it.
Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. (laughs) Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.